Hello and welcome to Let Me Introduce You, the food business podcast where I introduce you to the most amazing producers, entrepreneurs and consultants that work with me to build stronger, healthier, better versions of food businesses. I've been building teams to work with food businesses for 25 years and now I'm going to take you behind the scenes in my business to meet some of them. This week, let me introduce you to Neil Nugent, the creative recipe, product and brand developer, a chef whose career path has taken him into retail food. I met Neil 23 years ago on a project to launch Gary Rhodes into retail and since then I've really valued his opinion. I've shown products to him and collaborated to bring new products to market. I've talked about trends and opportunities with him. Neil is passionate, fair and direct and someone whose enthusiasm for food is infectious. Tell me how you would describe your job to other people. I think my job description is pretty tricky at the moment because I think essentially I'm a, I'm a chef and, you know, I, I kind of make recipes, but not in the chef sort of thing that people might expect where you work in a restaurant and you serve people. It's more of I kind of sit in the shadows, work with manufacturers and serve people through retailers. Um, right. Yeah. I, I suppose, and um, and now it, that's kind of evolved into a bit more where you know we d- develop not only the food and the recipe, but the brands and the proposition as well. I don't think that's got a title, has it, Jane? I don't know. Well, <laughs> I don't. I I think it encompasses the whole thing, doesn't it? You're just doing end to end development and yeah, and right. launch yeah. and everything. So yeah, and and creating the brands and and that side of it. How do you think other people describe what you do, which you may have touched upon already by saying how difficult it is? Just think, <laughs> what would your family say you do if, if anyone asked say, them? They, they, they just say, oh, they, they, I think most of the time they don't understand it because they just say, oh, I, I do stuff. I'm a chef, but I, I do stuff for supermarkets now. I think I heard my son saying that he, he, he does recipes for supermarkets and everything needs a recipe. Everything you buy needs a recipe, and it, and it does, whether it's a blended olive oil or a, a complex ready meal, they all need recipes, and someone does that for a living. Yep. So, that's yeah, it. that's kind of... So, yeah, that was, so that's, that's kind of, a, a good description, I think, too. Well yeah, done to yeah. them. How, <laughs> at what age do you think you were when you knew that you liked food and wanted to be involved in food? When did that start for you? Well, I think... Um, it's sort of pretty pretty easy really because I can remember being off school and I was poorly or something and there was a show I mean obviously back in the day there was only two or three channels on there and there was a program about France and I was watching this tv program the chef popped up and I just thought wow look at you know the respect everyone's got for him and what he's cooking and what he's doing I thought that's what I want to do as simple as that I, I was kind of, I was poorly, maybe about 12, 11, 12, something like that. And, and there was a program. It was at, the program wasn't about cooking. It was about France. And then there's sort of this chef came on and he was cooking stuff. And I was like, wow, look at that. You know, and, um, I want to be a chef. And I was already interested in cooking. You know, I was already, you know, then doing the kind of one of a couple of lads in the in the home economics sort of class yeah. and stuff like that so I was already interested in it and then you know you start tasting stuff rather than just eating stuff and you know you kind of figure out that yeah this that's what you want to do and that's the goal 
you set out to achieve and um, I suppose it's interestingly the chef I saw on TV about I don't know maybe eight or nine years later I was working for him in the south of France and I suppose back in the 80s then you know it was it was also quite achievable you could go out and grab stuff you know go and work work for you know amazing restaurants and chefs and stuff so I suppose you still can but if you want I suppose to go you still it. can but you just have to chase it a bit harder now too you know and I think now being a chef is a more acceptable thing now you know because our food culture has got a bit better and things before before that I don't even think people would have known where chefs were you know and and certainly mm. the rise of the TV chef and things means that it's something that probably more people are aware of and to be part of. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's much cooler now to be um, a chef than it was in the sort of eighties. And and back in back in in that time as well, you know, there, there wasn't a huge amount of choice of places to go and work. Maybe even at tops ten or so in double figures in London, where everyone wanted to work. You know, the yep. Tom Tom Clares and the Gavroches and places like that. And um, you know, and then just a literally a handful outside of London. You know that people would would sort of recognise and want to work at. Now it's there's an amazing. You look at it, you just have to turn the telly on, and the interesting food now is completely different um, yep. to what to what it was then, and and that's brilliant. I, I love it because it, it just it just great, makes my it? yeah it makes my job easier that people understand food a bit more, and you know it, it makes the demand and want to engage in it and everything. Yeah, yep. yeah, no, it's, no, it's, no, it's it's. It's brilliant. It's fabulous, and and long may it continue. And I think it will, you know, and it'll evolve. And you know, some of the things I'm working on now, I never thought I'd do. You know, whether it's you know food from Italy or whether it's plant based or what, you know, or Malaysian or recipes Korean or whatever, or any of yeah, those yeah. things. I mean, yeah, you never would have seen that, would you? No. It's just brilliant. Yeah, it's just brilliant. And that I do, I do think as well. You know, even though I've been doing this for. 30 odd years I still I kind of barely know anything about food there's so much to know mm. you know it's um there's so much to go at and I'm still like learning shed loads it's brilliant um it's That's a great great, industry, great great industry to be in you know I always remember years and years ago meeting Marguerite Patton when she was probably about 90 and mm. I said what's your favorite thing to do and she said finding something new in a shop and working out yeah. how to use it and I thought mm. then I really want to still be like that in my 90s yeah. you know still enthused about food so yeah 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 good. I mean I, I I love it and you, when you try something taste something see something that you've not seen before it's just brilliant it's, it's sort of uh, still a you know a big buzz you know a big thrill so mm. you know I know we have this conversation often when we're travelling. I'll say to my mum, who's very often with me, I, I really want to taste that. And she'll say, I'm not hungry. And I'm like, I'm not hungry either, but I haven't ever seen it before, so I want to taste it, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. a, a different, well, it's a different mindset. A diff yeah, a different attitude. And I think I've still got that, um, you know, that child in me who just wants to try it and see what yeah. happens. You know? <laughs> I think you've got to be like that, haven't you? You've got to be curious and then work out where do I know yeah. that would be a good thing? Who have been your role models? Now, this doesn't need to be famous people, or but who have you learned from in your job and thought that's a good way to be 
or that's not a good way to be and I don't ever want to be like that. So obviously mm. it's a bad example, don't mm. name names, but you know, wh- where have you met people in your journey who have really helped you with it? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a, there's a sort of a, a few different role models from, a, you know, there's, there's chefs and stuff, which, you know, people who are, are, are kind of love and, and, and still do and you know, people like Pierre Kaufman and uh, I used to yep. work for a guy used to work for a guy called Stuart Beard and he's since retired, but he was one of my sort of first head chefs as well. And he, the, right. the thing about the, the, the beauty of him was he was so calm in the kitchen and the, that at the time was very kind of unique. So Stuart Beard and, and a guy and, and Pierre, I love because of his food and the way he cooks and what he can do with it. And, but then I, of course, you know, when you're in retail and doing what I do, you meet all sorts of leadership, I suppose, role models and yep people you might have worked for or might have seen or inspired you or whatever you know it's people like Alan Layton who used to work you know work at when I worked at my early days at Asda he was a leader there and you're just like wow everyone just wanted to follow him and there's lots of reasons for that and so he's a you know it's a cracking example of how to get I don't know there's about 110,000 people worked for Asda at the time you know it's like he just had them all marching after him it was brilliant very clever, you know. Um, Inspirational, yeah. Yeah, to- totally, yeah, you know, that, that, that's, you know, de- definitely. But, you know, I guess it's just different types of, of leaders- leadership would, would I kind of try and take a leaf out of, uh, you know, how, you know, how do they get people to do things, you know, and so I, well. I, and- I would say, you know, when I have been in your work environment at places like Iceland and things, that you had a team who you had managed to make passionate about what they were doing or you'd picked yeah. people that were and they very much wanted to to help you with your vision there. So I think you've yeah. definitely picked yeah, up on I, that. I, I always think if, if there's, a, you know, if there's a, a good atmosphere in wherever you're working and if you're responsible for that atmosphere, I think you can get yep. so much more out of people if, 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 you know, you have this sort of, I don't know, if it just, just a, a bit of happiness and... Yeah, and, and and teamwork and stuff like that. And I know it's. Like I was going to say a, a collaborative corporate. atmosphere, yeah, where you'll corporate. all help each other. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit. It sounds a bit corporate, but you know, I've been to no. so many different places that aren't like that, and it's hard to get things done. But when you have a a group of people around you where everyone's interested in what they're doing and motivated, it you get things done so much better, quicker, easier. And, and, and better results at the end of it yeah. too, don't you? Yeah, it's true. And yeah, and you, you know, and then you enjoy it. You know, you know, it's stuff. I want to enjoy myself, and I still, still do. You know, and I, I'm lucky. I suppose slightly lucky now that now I work for myself. It's and there is occasions and odd ones where I actually don't like some people, and I just decide not to work with them. Simple, I was going to say that to me that makes everything easier to do if you're working with yeah. somebody and you're finding them hard you just say when I've delivered this project nothing mm. would make me work with that person again and it is quite yeah. freeing to have that control yeah, it's liberating yeah over. yeah it's, it's, it's liberating to say uh sorry I, I don't I don't want to do it you know and I might, might have made a cheap excuse like I'm too busy to do something or whatever but you know generally it's kind of choosing who I work with now and that that's sort of you know great thing to have although you know i suppose it's been a bit tricky through covid you know picking and choosing your work but it's certainly all coming back now lots of work yep. <laughs> good that's good that's always good to hear um mm. 
People often talk about stepping outside their comfort zone in order to be successful. So, you know, like mm. if you haven't stepped outside your comfort zone, you haven't stretched yourself enough. Can you tell me something that you've done now that surprises you? If you, you know, if you were looking ahead 20 years, 20 years ago, you'd never have thought you'd have done this or that. What do you think? Well, just simply as, you know, um, running, well, more than one business at the moment, you know, it's, yep. and, and having brands that are, have evolved and belong to, to me and, you know, I've got you. a good business partner and stuff, but, you know, it's, it, I never thought I would, you know, walk Have into your own a, stuff? A, yeah, walk into a store and say, you know, well, that's, no, that's my brand. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's not. You know, I've always worked for Asda brand or Waitrose brand or all your own brands, and but then you walk in a shop and see something that you've done. It's yours, and it's your range. You know, if you look it up on companies, a house it says direct to Neil Nugent. You're like, wow, you know, and it, there's there's some successful stuff and some very unsuccessful stuff in there. But you know, it's 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 just stuff like that. I would have never imagined, you know, you when you you, you always no. feel like you might you might be working for somebody. But it is quite obviously quite liberating and just thinking, well, should we set up a new business and do this? Yeah. And and just knowing how to do that. Yeah. You know, I never never thought I'd have those skills, you see. So, you know, when you, you kind of leave school at sixteen and you go to catering college you, you maybe don't expect to be and and you set your life out to be a chef you never think maybe i'll have a, a few of my own my, businesses and my own you know, brands and my own businesses yeah. and things mm, no yeah yeah so that's I quite think, nice really i think that's very very true i can understand that mm. um what have you learned about yourself um that you wish you'd known earlier or you know that you think now oh god i wish i'd realized that i was Good at that, hated that, like this, need, you know, I'm, I know that I love doing projects, but I'm not good at maintaining things. So once a project has been done, I'm happier mm. to pass it back to somebody else just to run it on a day-to-day basis. I don't like mm. that repeat of stuff. What have you, I, that took me until I was in my mid-40s and had the chocolate brownie business to realise that the monotony of having mm. a very similar business all the time didn't agree with me. What have you learned, do you think? If you go back to the bit about learning a bit about yourself, I suppose. Yes. I, I worked for Asda at a brilliant time in their cycle, I think. And I did 11 years at Asda and, you know, a lot of things happened in them 11 years, including Walmart taking them over and... You know, and then, then you're back in the day when actually retail was super fun and you could yep. do all, you know, there's a lot of innovation and, and it seemed to be a bit quicker. And, you know, and what, what as did really well with their people was put, take them on leadership courses and, you know, I did all sorts of stuff. There's a Walmart Institute, which sounds horrendous, but actually it was quite enlightening from a, for a number of reasons and mainly about creating leaders for the future in, in businesses. And I think certainly that investment from Asda at the time, well, one, made me stay there for 11 years and, and, and two, really set me in a good position, which I didn't know until I'd left what a good position it had set me up in because at the time I hadn't managed big teams. And yep. then before, before I know it, I've got like 70, 80 people working for me and I'm thinking, you know, how, how did that happen? And, and I, I, I can do it. And, uh, you know, with all sorts of projects and work streams and stuff going on, 
again, just creating an environment where that those people are clear about what they need to do and have a, you know, good, strong feeling of, you know, um, fulfillment and everything. And that's, I think that's, that's really kind of in, in, in important, but that, that's where I certainly, I think, uh, learned a lot of, a lot more about being rather than just being a chef in a kitchen where you cook stuff and get excited about food, where you're more of getting everyone else to do it as well. And, you know, it was, I was at Morrison's, I think it was I had about 70, 80 people working for us. It was, product development managers, chefs, manufacturing development teams. You know, it, it wasn't all fun, but it was it was it was nice to figure out, you know, and, and work on various projects. That was great and yeah, but now I I sort of agree with you a little bit as well. Now it's uh, I have an attention span which is it's not brilliant and and anything repetitive, you know, I find a bit brutal really. But I'm finding at the moment that you know there isn't there isn't anything repetitive. What I'm doing today is no. very different from what I do tomorrow and the next day, and and that's great because you know yeah. we we've got a little portfolio of brands, products, um, some people I do some work for, and, and it's all very different. So um, you know, and it's it's all quite nice and exciting. There's but boring bits, you know. I still have to do things like invoice things and stuff like that it's all a bit <laughs> naff, but do your VAT returns and things but oh, know. you know it's know. Uh, but uh <laughs> you know generally i think um certainly uh, i would say that 11 year period i did it as there was you know i went on more courses and kind of red rum it was it was you know brilliant leadership development uh, training mm-hmm. yeah I, I mean i don't know whether they still do it but they were very good at that kind of stuff and yep. their kind of senior management group, or you see them everywhere now, running various businesses from, you know, from Sainsbury's to, to you know, the the the, the leadership team that I was amongst are, are are everywhere. You see them in all sorts of absolutely um, business. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it's it's really really you know it was a brilliant business at that time, and and, and still is. I still do a lot of work with Asda, and I, I do love them. They're a, a kind of it's a, for me, it's a great family retailer and. And and, yep. and very you know, albeit it's just been bought out. It's, it'll go through an interesting period. We'll see what happens. Yep, mm. yep. No, that makes sense. Um, you and I have been talking recently about food and drink trends and things that are going on. What are you thinking will be different in the next couple of years? Not maybe in terms of cuisines, but how you know how we're working, what sort of things we're chasing after. What do you think? As a result of this last year that we've had and everything mm. that has happened there, how do you think that will change retail? Yeah, in retail, I think it's going to be interesting because, you know, go back to the time I was at Asda, it was a big space race. You know, they all wanted big shops. Mm. They all wanted more space. And now they don't want any of those things. They want to get online. No. They want to do yeah. food boxes. They want to do, you know, and, and what all that online delivery and delivery to direct to consumer stuff has just, has just gone bonkers. So, and, and, you know, it's gone to sort of turned up to 11 type thing. You know, that on that scene, which I'm a little bit involved in as well, is, yes. you know, that's very exciting. So the direct to consumer stuff is definitely an exciting place to be. And all retailers want to jump on that. And, and you don't um, think that'll dial down in a no. year's time or something you think now that well, we're used to it will be, we'll yeah, be it might not get it. the growth it might not get the growth no. but what you habits are hard to change you know people have started to order stuff online and mm-hmm. 
well, I want to get in the car and drive somewhere and wander around a shop and actually uh, perhaps even risk the, being becoming ill. Or even aside that. from that, just lose a couple of hours of your Saturday that you could yeah, keep if you've... And I think there's just, you know, and, and what a lot of people worried about was, well, how's it going to arrive? And if I'm not in, what happens? And all those problems people have got over now. Mm. And, you know, you can walk past houses and see boxes of stuff on their doorstep or whatever. And, you know, yep. I mean, of course, now and then it might get nicked. But the, the, the chances of that happen are one in a hundred and they happen sometimes or whatever. I don't know. But it, and I think got everybody's you. got doorbells that take photographs and things now, too, which are yeah. a deterrent to stuff like that. We've yeah. just found ways around it, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, I've got this kind of ring thing it's called a called a ring uh, you probably know what i'm on about but mm-hmm. i'm sure there's other brands available but it's, <laughs> it's like it's brilliant you know that i'm talking yeah. to some bloke you know I'm, I'm talking to some bloke you know he's miles away or i'm walking the yep. dog and he's you know and oh just put it in the bush on the side and he'll i'll be home in 10 minutes type thing and yeah. he goes, yeah it's great it's fine it's, and i'll drop it out of neighbors or whatever everyone's yep. got over these all these kind of anxieties around home delivery, people got over them. And then those yep. habits will be very difficult to change. So you will see retailers change the stripes a little bit on that. And and, the, the one, and what they're doing is, which is really exciting and I'm getting a part of, is you know, they're changing their big shops to be a bit more interesting. Yeah. So you'll see, so, I think you're going to see so a new brand. So you want to come. Yeah. yeah. New, new brands in there. You'll, you'll see exciting stuff happening with, and, and I think some of the, Restaurant brands will drop into retail, uh, off into those brands, yeah. and 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 you'll see retailers trying lots of new things to get their make their shops interesting. And you know, bearing in mind, you know, years ago, um, someone like an ASDA would be spending a load of their capital on, 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 on buying new shops. They're not buying yep. new shops anymore. What they're doing is nope. they're doing up their old ones. So they're, yep. they're they're spending all that money on reinvesting in their stores and making the shopping experience a bit more interesting, which is you know really good. So I don't think as you food service is gonna it's gonna take a few years to recover. You know, do you uh, think most, restaurants will have shorter menus and things? And do you know is that so, what yeah. they'll do? They'll simplify a bit. They'll simplify a bit, and I think you're gonna. There's all. I mean, you just have to read it. You need some of the big chains of you know, lost a quarter or a, a, yep. a 20% of their restaurants on the back of COVID, you know, so not every, not, they'll not all open again, which is, is dreadful. But at the same time, I do think it'll bring a lot of independence back. So it'll be interesting yep. to see entrepreneurs using, um, I would say, profit-based rents will come mm-hmm. in. That'll be, that'll be interesting. You know, so, there's, so it's exciting and... It just I don't know. Has I don't know how things up a bit. Yeah, so certainly retail has had to change. And what what I'm finding is, I mean, with a couple of the retailers, they're they're changing their pace a bit. They've been hellishly slow recently, and and now they're mm. having they're thinking right. We need to move quick at some of these things. So they're, they're opening doors to ideas and ways of doing things a little bit quicker. And. You know, I've just had an email this morning from a retailer saying, "How quick can you do this?" And yeah, you know, usually, usually the answers around, "How quick can I get the packaging printed?" Yeah, <laughs> and the manufacturer yeah, said, so, "You know, so, so, it's, so it's um, they're trying to move at pace, and I think own brand within retailers will suffer a little bit on the back of that. Um, you know, because yeah. they'll be bringing in lots of new 
new brands and exciting new brands and new things. So it's, yeah, I, I think it's going to be really exciting and uh, yep. I hope to be a big part of it. <laughs> good. So, no, I certainly would hope you would be too. That's yeah, good. I think people got into food as well, shoppers, you know, people yep. got, got interested in trying new stuff. So, yeah. It's, a lot it's, of it's people good. have had to learn to cook more and to work yeah. out how they're going to eat and what they're going to eat. It has shown mm. up people that were just grabbing something every day on their mm. way home from somewhere who, because mm. everything else has changed, have had to change the way yeah. they do those kind of things, hasn't it? Yeah, and don't, don't, don't the... get me wrong, every, everyone's still got to be good value as well because there's going to be a lot of, you know, there'll be a lot of penny-pinching around. So yep. um, it's not going to be plain sailing and, and, and the, nope. the, all, all the big retailers will be scrapping over price as they always right. do. And, and and that's not going to get any, you know, it's not going to ease no. up. They're all going to be scrapping to be the cheapest or the best value. And, and, they're, and they're directly aligning themselves now against discounters and things. Mm. So mm. while still mm. offering services that cost more than the dis- some of the discounters were doing. So mm. it'll be mm. difficult to see how that all settles out, won't it? Well, and, and the discounters then becoming more complicated because they're, you know, threatening to go online and got much wider ranges than they've ever had and then they first yeah yeah, they're they're becoming more complicated too so they'll be challenging themselves to stay the lowest operators and lowest cost operators as 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 well as the big bigger guys the the big four trying to be a lower cost operator and you know it's what would be really interesting and, and and i guess good you know good and competitive and you know, so yep. it's exi- I think it's quite an exciting time ahead. You know, and if you'd asked me this time last year, I, I thought my world had ended. You know, exactly, <laughs> exactly to this day, as a twenty. A year ago today, absolutely. I know. Yeah, I was, I was, I was distraught because you know, lots of things just I was doing just stopped. We're just stopped, yeah. but they're yeah. beginning to come alive again, very much by the sound yeah, of your schedule big, recently. Yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. What is the best thing you've eaten recently? Either an ingredient or a product or a meal kit you've had at home or something you've made. What what has it been that's excited you recently? Ooh, I don't know. Um, I t- I tell you what I got for the other day from, and I just couldn't believe how tasty it was. There's a, there's a um, a guy in London. I can't remember his name now. He's super posh, and he's got he's got a brand called Gunpowder Spices. Right. And um, I was, someone said, oh, you know, try try spices, and I did. And this, this sumac arrived, and I've never tasted anything like it. It's absolutely insane. World. Yeah, and I, I didn't realise it could be so tasty, fruity, vibrant, whatever. You know, I don't know. Because so I, I, often I, I, when we get it, it's very one-dimensional, isn't it? Very Well, it, it, it's very flat, and this stuff's just yeah. like, you know, you open the, the, the kind of jar of it and you're just like, what, what is that? I, I, and, and I think that was, you know, really bloody hell. I've I, I used it before, seen it before, but I've never tasted no. anything like that. And, that's um, brilliant, isn't it? That's really exciting yeah, when you yeah, find somebody it's, like that. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of, and what did you thing, use it in? I, I just I roasted some chicken and then I, I, I did a little marinade with it. So I, I had some blood oranges, had some blood oranges, uh, a little olive oil and, and roasted this chicken. And then I kind of sprinkled it on top after I carved it. It was just, just yep. insane. It was really good with a bit of custard. It was really zingy. Yeah, it was, it was just 
you know, blew my mind. But, you know, it's just something that I'd, um, I'd tasted before, but this one got me by surprise, I guess. Yeah. And good. So that's, that was quite, that's quite neat. You know, it's, it's quite a good. That's lovely. I'm doing a bit of work with uh, some guys in called the Flavour People in uh, Manchester, and they're, they're quite good. And we've developed some stuff for, um, for Guinness. So we've been dehydrating Guinness and using it on different things. And actually, I mean, you don't you don't want your food to taste the Guinness, but you know, Guinness but has a, a bit of a umami flavour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like um, you know, it's, it's got a chocolatey, roasty flavour. I don't know what you, but yeah. and this sort of umami flavour, it makes you want to have another drink of it. And anyway, we've captured that and done a salt and an oil and a marinade and actually it's it's really good you know it's brilliant and um but he doesn't but that is good because sometimes you can't add guinness in enough quantity either into something because it would make it too wet or too but to have it in a, yeah. a dry form where you could apply it to something it'll taste completely yeah. different well it's, well it's almost like they've captured the essence of guinness yep and give it to, to give uh this sort of umami note i suppose yep so that, that's quite that's quite neat, and you know it would it was basically around dehydrating Guinness and then mixing it with a couple of other little bits and bobs, including miso, and yep. and then this this stuff's just brilliant. I, I don't know when it's available. I think no, nope. it's, it's coming out soon, but it's you know it's it's really really tasty, and Good. so yeah, that was another interesting. But I mean, I, <laughs> you know, doing stuff all the time, you know, it's. Uh, mm. I know, but that's what's so good, isn't it? That you're constantly being inspired by new stuff too. I think too, yeah. people don't realise sometimes when they work with somebody like you who works on lots of different projects, that benefits everybody you work with. Because when mm. you're doing something, you're applying what you've learned there to something else. And Whereas if somebody's in one company, and I know that I've had this conversation with people who are in one company dealing with one thing and if you're only dealing with poultry or you're only dealing with beef or you're only mm. dealing with spice and seasonings mm. you only think about things from the point yeah. of view of how could I add my product to that whereas if you're mm. working all the time in very different places as a consequence you're also able to help in li just, li just little ways you know so I do uh, I'm kind of a non-exec at this flavour the flavour people which I really enjoy it's a couple of days a month and um you know, you just, they're talking about presenting to retailers, but I say, oh, well, don't do it like that, do it like this, because I've been sat in that retailer seat so many times, and you rock up with this 40-page PowerPoint, I'm just not interested. This no, is how you want, if you want, to get, if you want If you want to get me interested, do this, this, and this. And, you know, it's just, it's just things like that. You know, you've got an hour of the retailer, how do you make the best of it? How do you make that interesting? How do you, how do you come out with it with, you know, giving them prices of food or samples or whatever it might be that they're after you know it's it's um so yeah it's um no it's really interesting it's great to be involved in so many different things you know so it's, yeah. it's good for you isn't it? it's good for your mind mm. if somebody thought that they liked the sound of your job and that they would like to do something like that what would you say to them these are the things that you really need to get at the beginning or you know like what are your mm. basics what would you well, I think I think the, the the key bit that I've had that especially when I've been working in retail is that nearly nobody not saying nobody but most people didn't have was and and the advantage that I had when I've been doing the things is that I I, I can cook and I learned to cook 
you know, and I'm learning as a chef and I'll, I'll learn how to make things taste good and how to work flavors yeah. and, and stuff. And, you know, you're surrounded by people who are buying or counting numbers or marketing and they're busy yeah. worried what color the packaging packaging is. Yeah. You know, the person in the room that knows how to make something taste a bit better it has got that advantage. So if you want to do something like I would do, I would suggest you learn to cook first Yep. and, and understand food. It doesn't mean you spend years in a kitchen getting your head chewed off by a chef or anything. You'd probably just understand how to cook and what makes things taste good. And yeah. So obviously having experience, being able to cook, being able to do that, you think that's the, the, the underpinning. Well, it's always, yeah, it's always been, I'd say, my, the advantage, you know, because then people turn to you and say, it doesn't taste right, Neil, but what, what's wrong with it? And and having the answer generally, uh, because you've had experience in making whatever it is you're tasting or whatever, because a lot of people don't... Um, Have no understanding of that. Well, yeah, I think, it, you know, and, and taste is like, is like one of the senses. It's, 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 it's a memory. Mm-hmm. It, you know, when you're tasting things, you're remembering you know, lots of different things and, and, and it's, uh, and then you can sort of use that memory to decide how to make it taste better or whatever, or use. Yep. So, so it's, it's, it just activates things. And yes. but if you've, if you've not tasted it before and you're thinking, well, what is that funny flavor? Well, it's probably got too much cumin in it or it's got too much whatever yep. in it. And you don't, people don't, but you can recognize it because your memory tells you it's cumin. Yes. And it's, 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 so, so, um, and so you can articulate, well, hang on, guys, you've got something wrong here, and it's because there's too much sage in yep. it, or whatever it might be, and it's overpowering, or whatever. And you can that, then tell. So I think that's a, a key thing. And, and then I, I always say that, you, you, you know, as well, one of the things is knowing when to. Uh, there's a lot of people, I, I say, that they tinker with food. Yep. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of people will, oh, maybe the pasta shape should be different, or maybe the. You know, and they're all tinkering, and oh, maybe we should yeah. have one a, one sample with a bit more of this, and another sample with it, and that's because they don't want don't know what they want. Yeah, and I was, uh, you know, so be decisive. Anyone, a, anyone who's worked with me knows. I say this all the time. This uh, food development's really easy. <laughs> and, uh, it's really easy. You only need two things. The first one is knowing what you want, and the second yep. one is knowing who can make it. Yep you know, often surrounded by people who are not quite sure what they want, not quite sure how to articulate what, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's, yeah, no. Articulate what they want or write down what they want. or uh, And then, unfortunately, often they're briefing the wrong people to make it because yep. they don't under, understand perhaps, you know, it's asking a, a bakery to do a, a ready meal or a pizza. Yeah, yeah. There is, there's a, and, and see, if you ask, the, you find the right people, and that's about, like what you do, Jane, you have the right network yep. of who, who can make stuff. And so you, you, you'll get there quicker if you know what you want and you know who can make it and you brief the right people. It's, it's, it's generally it. pretty And it is, I good. mean, people quite often will say to me, all I need is a manufacturer, as if that's an easy thing to find. But it is so important having the right manufacturer with the mm. right facilities to give you the type of product you want that can handle the type of packaging you want that can mm. that it, it is not as they imagine just a two minute 
phone call and a and a phone number. You know, it's mm. um, you've got to really understand what you're trying to do with something and who else you might want to supply it to, what kind of volumes you might want to end the whole thing. It's, it is difficult, isn't it? To if if you if you're clever enough, food development's super easy. Yeah. Um, if you could sum yourself up in three words, what would those three words be? Oh, bloody hell. They don't have to um, join together. Just three words that you think reflect who you are or are what you stand for. Or um, I, I'm um, passionate. Mm-hmm. And and I would say that about food and lots of lots of things. Um, yep. I'd say I'm a. Uh, I've got values. Yep. And you know, it's, we ain't got long enough to go through those. Um, <laughs> but you know, no. I, but you've I like, got strong I, values that you will strong, you will really work with. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I've got, got values, and I'd say um, fun. I'd just like to have as much. A giggle, you know, yep. make it a bit more interesting. Yeah, um, yeah, and and you get more done when you got a smile on your face. And yep. uh, I think these know, are all uh, very, very light. Yeah, I can see you in all of those words. So I think that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Good. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much, Neil, for giving us your time and for just going through that with us. That's been good fun. Thank you for listening to Let Me Introduce You, the Food Business Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe in Apple Podcasts or wherever you pick up your podcasts and make sure you don't miss an episode. Please leave a comment to let me know what you enjoyed or connect to me at Jane Milton Food on Instagram or at Food Networking on Twitter. And if you found this helpful, we'd love you to tell other food businesses about it too. See you next time.